Vikings. So uh, we're back with another podcast. Which uh, what episode is this? It's a great question. Um, three. Three. Ah, that's a good number. I feel like we haven't done this since Christmas, so we haven't. <laughs> it's, Happy it's New Year's, people. There's there's a uh, there's been some some breaks in between due to COVID and such, but we're back. We're back at it, and we actually have a, f- a good. A few segments and a special one in the middle. So you might stick around. So we're starting off with the lovely Savea, and they're doing a music review. And I'm not going to say the album because I don't want to spoil it. But it's uh, it's such a good album. I'm excited. They're probably talking about. Well, I mean, they do talk about it, but like, you like go listen to it. Just go listen to the album. I chef's case. I love it so much. You will probably know it anyways if you're in our age group, but still. It's great. It's it's so lovely. Anyways, take it away. Hey Vikings, it's Svea. I'm here with another music review. Um, if there's a little bit of background noise, my bad. There's my house is kind of creaky because it's pretty old, but I'm gonna try and. Make sure there's as little noise as possible for y'all. Today, I'm going to be reviewing... I'm going to be doing an album review today. I don't... I think last time I was just doing generally Christmas music. I think it's been a while since I did a music review. Um, The album today is called Electra Heart by Marina. Uh, This album is really interesting because it's telling the story of four different women. Uh, These women are typically referred to as housewife or suburbia. Uh, Prima Donna or Beauty Queen, Teen Idol, and Homewrecker. Each woman has a song that uh, has songs that apply to her. I think they have about three or four each, uh, and each woman, other than Housewife, has a song like as their name. Like there's a song called Teen Idol, which corresponds to the Teen Idol character. A song called Homewrecker, etc. Everybody except for Housewife has a song that is also their name and just generally introduces their character. Uh, some people in, like, I guess fandom would be the correct term, or, you know, the fan base for Marina, have kind of debated whether or not it's one woman at different points in her life, or if she took different paths, or if it's actually four different women. Personally, I think it's four different women because it would make more sense, because it's kind of implied that Housewife is the mother of Teen Idol, and that Teen Idol looks up to Prima Donna, and that Homewrecker is, uh, this might be a little bit mature, but is sleeping with, um, a Housewife's husband. That's why she's called Homewrecker. I don't know if you got that by the obvious name. The names are kind of obvious. But yeah, it's the reason some people think it might be one woman at different points of her life is because it's also implied that housewife, before becoming housewife, wanted to be like prima donna. And before she was a housewife, she was teen idol, you know? But that wouldn't really explain where Homewrecker comes into all of it, so it it doesn't really make sense for them to be four different women. That's why I personally think, or it wouldn't make sense for it to be one woman, it would make sense for it to be four different women. That's why I think it's four different women anyways. Um, the, the album does cover some mature topics, like teen idols topics are so 
so not school appropriate. <laughs> like most of them, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that there is a bit of a mature subject with um, housewife is her husband's sleeping with a homewrecker, but um, that is like not even <laughs> that's not nearly as bad as some of the stuff that's in Teen Idol's you know songs. She talks about some very mature subjects, on subjects that you know a lot of teenagers might be able to relate to, but subjects that are not school appropriate. Therefore, I won't be mentioning them today. Um, I'm not sure how many songs are on the album. Like I said before, each character, so to speak, has about three or four songs each, um, all dealing with generally similar themes within each character. Teen Idol follows a lot of similar themes in most of her songs, so it's prima donna. It's not really clear why Housewife doesn't have a song, other than the fact that the song that was written for her it didn't really fit on the album. It's mostly just some spooky music with like old like vintage Barbie ads playing in the back, which doesn't really fit on the album. But it's not clear why the artist didn't write a song for Housewife. Um yeah, I I really like the album personally. I, you know, it's like I said, it deals with some mature subjects and it's kind of dark, but it tells a really interesting story about four different women and how even though you know, most of them don't know each other. They all somehow still seem to interact with each other. Like, housewife and homewrecker don't necessarily know each other, but they, you know, housewife's husband is sleeping with homewrecker, and prima donna doesn't know any of these women, but teen idol and housewife both look up to her or looked up to her, and it's interesting, you know, it's, it tells a story, and I think that's really cool. You know, most albums don't really tell a story, and I definitely would recommend it if you're able to handle some more mature themes, but if you're not able to handle mature themes, I get it. The artist has a ton, a tons of other music, tons of stuff that doesn't deal with such heavy topics, so there's she does write stuff for everybody, but specifically this album, I really would recommend. It's one of her earlier albums. I think it was her second studio album, so yeah. That's my music review for the day. The month, actually, because we do this monthly, not daily. Anyways, see you later, Vikings. Hello there, listeners. This is Oliver Bannister, and welcome to The Weather, where the topics change just as much as the weather does, and today's weather is about liminal spaces. Now, what is a liminal space, you ask? Well, liminal spaces are through ways from one space to the next. But here's the thing, their existence is not about the place themselves, they're merely there to come and go through. So, liminal spaces aren't there for themselves, they're there for a purpose for you to go and come as you please. So, liminal spaces are places such as playgrounds at night, airports, laundromats at midnight, galleries or museums that are mostly empty, hospital waiting rooms, abandoned movie theaters, and many more. Oh, and your bedroom at 4 a.m. are the weird witching hours. <laughs> so, liminal spaces can be both physical and mental, and we'll get more into that later, but they feel really unsettling for some people, but for myself personally, they feel nostalgic and comforting. But, you know, fun facts. Okay. Now, the reason why liminal spaces feel weird is because when you're not in the context they're meant there for, your brain's like, this is not right, abort, abort, abort. So, you know.
Now, the word liminal comes from the Latin root linen, which means threshold. So liminal spaces, again, are transitional spaces, waiting rooms from one point to the next. So, as I said before, liminal spaces can be both physical and mental. I'm going to get into some more examples here. Most of this segment, I'm sorry, is just going to be me struggling to say liminal in the words after it because it's like, it's like a tongue tweezer. Tongue twister. <laughs> tongue teaser. <laughs> tongue twister. Yep. So we got uh, more liminal spaces are stairways, elevators, being the only one awake, schools during breaks, empty parking lots, divorce. I'll go into this quickly. So as marriage is seen as a beginning, divorce usually happens unexpectedly, so you're left not knowing where you are or who you are. So again, it's the beginning and ending of something and like having no context. Um, job loss, moving, and starting, basically just starting and stopping something can be defined as a liminal space. You know, with moving, you're leaving your old home and you're moving to another one. So you're kind of feeling this weird adjustment period. That's why it's kind of classified as a liminal space. You know. Now a fun little tidbit is artists sometimes use liminal spaces to invoke feels of like childhood memories because it gives the viewer some thoughts of, oh, that's not the context it's supposed to be in. Wow. I really feel that. You know, I really think liminal spaces are very rad and cool as they give you a space to reflect in a way and to just kind of have to like sit and stew in the uncomfortable feeling you're getting because you never really get that feeling anywhere else. It's very funky. You know, the reason liminal spaces confuse our brains is the sense of the context for the space isn't there. Rationally, you know you're okay, but your brain is still wary, thus leaving you with a feeling of unease or a funny little feeling. So it's like, your brain's entering the fight or flight, and they're just kind of confused, but your body's like, this is fine. We're not in danger, but your brain's like, oh, no, this is not great at all. Also, for some people, when they're reflecting on their memories as a kid or when they're younger, it can kind of feel like a liminal space of you're no longer that person anymore, but you still have the memories and feelings of what it was like to be that person. So, again, the beginning and ending of stuff. Gotta love liminal spaces. Very existential for some people. Some people really like being in liminal spaces and constantly like, search them out or like use the internet. Other people couldn't hate them more. They would avoid them at all costs. They're like, no, I don't like this. I'm going to stay in the context of a place I want to be. You know. Today's ending fun fact is, did you know that cherry and apple seeds have trace amounts of cyanide in them? Non-lethal doses, but still, it's not the best idea to eat them. I don't recommend it. Didn't hear from me. So, you know, so an apple a day really does keep the doctor away. This has been The Weather. I hope you enjoyed this segment. Back to Sophie and Link. Thank you, Oliver. That was very interesting. I never knew that about liminal spaces. I barely even knew what liminal spaces meant. To be honest, I didn't. I'm stupid. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's the whole point of this podcast. I Share know. knowledge. Live, laugh, learn. Mom quotes. We love. love we love to see them. <laughs> Anyways, we got our uh, special segment coming up. With Clarenville, the Cougar cast did a collab with me and Oliver. Little shout out there. They're from Clarenville High. And there's a segment on their episode that's coming out 
either like now or like in this general time area um with jenny and josh on it so take it away and go listen to them this is a plug-in <laughs> Hello Vikings. Today it's all it was supposed to be Lincoln as well, but he's has COVID. But it is Oliver and I today here with the Cougar Viking not Viking, what? <laughs> the Cougar podcast. Yeah. Because I I was about to say Viking voice. <laughs> cougar cast. It's like we're holding hands it's now. Cougar cast. The podcasts are holding hands. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> introduce yourselves. What are your names? Hello, I am Billy Wicks. And I am Lulu Skinner. It's lovely to have you on. Yes, very lovely. So today, we felt it was fitting to talk about COVID and quarantine, as everything is. Fun stuff that comes with it. Yep. Mm. So many crises. So, <laughs> so let's... When was our last quarantine a month ago uh about ish i think um, how did that go for you guys well in january i had to quarantine for the first part of january i was just getting home from alberta visiting my mom right. so i had to take a rapid test for five days i have a very sensitive nose oh so i was sneezing every time i shoved that thing in my nose and it was not fun. And then I found out that I couldn't go to school. So I was like, I did not do this for five days to not get out of my house. Exactly. Yeah. That sounds like a nightmare. That it, is not fun. You're like, shut this. I was like, this will, this will do it. I get to go back to school. And they're like, that's cool for you. I had to keep it in there for a total of 10 seconds. And I was like, okay, you got this. And I was like, boom, 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 boom. And then I had to do it to the other one. And boom, 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 boom. And <laughs> like 15 minutes for a thing that looked like a pregnancy test to tell me I was, <laughs> just the negative. I was like oh my goodness well you're not pregnant <laughs> no baby for you you can tell just by shoving a stick up your nose <laughs> oh that's how it should be exactly. <laughs> it'd, be it'd be a lot easier to do it out of like cow and stuff <laughs> new pregnancy test coming all up, you have guys. to do is pee on it <laughs> so people, some people don't have good aim so quarantine covid how are we feeling about march 14th beware the ides of march um, oh i cut you off oliver i'm sorry <laughs> okay well i think well, i'm still gonna be wearing my mask because i'm very anxious and yep. i feel like i'm not really ready to take that big step yet Maybe yep. once we get a bit more comfortable, then we'll see what goes. Yeah, I'm very much on the same train as Billy. I will be wearing my mask, but in some places, like outside, just but close to recreational areas, I won't wear it because you're outside. Yeah. But I'm going to slowly ease myself into it. So I'll probably go like right when the restrictions are lifted to fully wearing my mask to maybe half wearing my mask and then maybe no mask at all. Yeah, that's what I figured would be a lot easier and 
smarter way of doing this than what they're doing now. Um, you know, because it's all about easing th stuff in. When, when have they ever just been like, right, cut off? It's not. So it's um for me, I don't think I'll fully like stop wearing my mask because at the beginning of the year they're like, you guys don't have to wear a mask, but I was still like, I'm gonna wear my mask because one, I'm also anxious like you guys. <laughs> Two, it's kind of like a security blanket in a way I feel. Fair yeah. Enough. So again, with like the slowly like wearing it less and less and depending on like how comfortable I feel. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with it. But I know there's a lot of people who are like, I'm so tired of this mask. I'm gonna rip it off. And it's like that's totally fine and valid. But some yeah, of us are anxious. <laughs> What I see, like, the mask has become sort of a normal for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I go a full day without taking this off now. And, like, the beginning of grade 10, per se, I was always, like, steady, like, oh, oh I don't <laughs> thing yeah. off. And, then, yeah. and now I'm just like, la, 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 skipping songs, skipping songs, <laughs> you know, just best kind. So I feel like it takes a bit of getting used to, but after a while, as you said, Oliver, it does become, like, a security blanket and you sort of become attached <laughs> it's just like i don't want to let go yeah. yeah i definitely understand why everyone like hates it and i get it i hate it too however i am not just gonna be like March 13th. no no COVID protocol because that's not safe either it isn't but again it's going with like the epidemic rules and like oh yeah c'est la vie c'est la vie get it back, guys. <laughs> no like after they fully vaccinate the children maybe um, because <laughs> the children only have like their first, second vaccine. Some, some most like, of the second. There were people. There's a, a bunch of scientists in Ontario, and they're doing like this study, and they say if your child is under the age of like ten and doesn't have any underlying conditions, don't get them vaccinated because it can build up their immune system. Yeah. What? And yeah, and my younger, my stepmother's nephew. He got COVID and he is under the age of 10 and he only has two, he doesn't have any of his vaccinations. And he wasn't sick at all. He was just fine. Well, they're taking the Edward Jenner approach with the smallpox, which, you know, a lot of children died during that, but they did get, they did get herd immunity and he ended up yeah. making a vaccine. But do they want to risk killing a bunch of children? Like, yeah, because like when you look at it with only like, like say it's just like a small community and a small group, there's not going to be that many like deaths or like um, severe um, oh, illnesses. What? Big old nose. <laughs> but once you go into like, say if you can just look at the province, like how many children are you willing to risk? Because the bigger the population gets, the more like people. And there's, we have seven and a half billion people in the world. Yeah. That's a lot. That's so many people. Oh There's so God. many people. That's a lot of tiny children. Yeah. And like, they didn't get a chance, man. Give them yeah. a chance. <laughs> They're like five. Anything you'd like to add? Um, not really. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on all of this? Ah, yikes. About <laughs> it. I'm going with the flow, but it's mostly just like, <laughs> this is yeah something yeah. i find it so like it's it's really hard to let go of the life that we had prior to 2020 because we did have a life <laughs> and some it has extremely did, it has extremely changed and it's really hard to let go of that because we will never get back to the same normalcy that we had in 
2019 and prior years because the world has already started to change and it's not just like oh we're gonna be wearing masks forever the nine to five five days a week work schedule has already shifted they're even with like COVID protocols gone they're still like having jobs that can work from home work stay home don't come into the office so everything's changing and it's just changing so fast and it's almost like you need to mourn and grieve the life you could have had before this happened you know so that you can move on and get into the life that you now have to live definitely well i look at like the beginning of um, uh, COVID for me because 2020 was my year I was like setting it down I was like this is gonna be the year that I you know complete world domination <laughs> like yo because I was gonna go to New York City in like the spring of May I was going to too oh my goodness imagine if we met then <laughs> in New York City <laughs> New York in the big old apple <laughs> I was supposed to be going to, I uh, was supposed to be going on a missions trip with my grandmother to Guatemala. And then this, the last summer, I was supposed to be going to Europe for my 16th birthday with my father. Oh my God, you were traveling. Yeah, and now you can't uh, do anything. What can I say? I am a wandering soul. And being a wandering soul and kept in the same place for such a long period of time, yeah. I have been ready to tear all the hairs off of my head. <laughs> I feel that 100%. I haven't had a vacation since 2018. Oh, same. Not for me. My family, we did this thing because we have relatives on the mainland where we go visit them every summer. But since 2019, we haven't been able to do that. And my grandma, she's like elderly, but she's doing great. I've said this before and I'll say it again. If COVID was a person, she would have already like whacked and said no (laughs) and leave me alone. (laughs) It terrifies me, but she's great. Um, So we haven't seen them in person for like a couple of years now. And it's done really hard because one, you're stuck on the island too. You can't see your loved ones. Mm. Three, COVID sucks sometimes. <laughs> sucks a lot. But yeah. you know, we're all like, this is totally fine. We're totally, we're not going to acknowledge the fact that we're mourning the lives we could have had. And we're totally not going through this like, big, important stage in our life as teenagers. No. Well, yeah, because like we had so many childhood dreams and like you grow up, say you're like your seven-year-old self. You see what your aunts and your uncles and your moms and your dads are doing for work. You might see, I'm going to be a vet because they're a vet or whatever. You see on television because you watched a bit of like adult television and you see them living their lives of how it's always been lived for like the past 100 years. And that's what you have in your head that that's going to happen for you and that's going to be your life. And everyone says that's how life works in our North American society. And now within the span of two years... It's not, and it's drastically changing. But what's scarier is that we don't know what it's changing into because we've never had this before. This is both good and bad, though. Yeah, it's good because we can get rid of some of the really toxic things that we had in our society. But it's bad because I hate change. <laughs> <laughs> I hate change, and I'm terrified of everything. So. You know what? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely have to agree with you there. I am not. I'm not a person of change. I don't like change very much. Um, so like i remember when covid like first happened i was in uh where i'm originally from like the west coast yeah i was there for i want to say the whole time like during like the first session of quarantine which is probably like a there's a total of 27 people in that community i want to say and so i was out on do all the time i was living okay (laughs) (laughs) but it is a big change and something that i always look at is as a child i had dreams of, like growing up being a pop star i was like yeah and now i'm just like 
I wonder if I'm gonna actually be able to have an in-person graduation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I always dreamed of when I was younger, I was like my 16th birthday and my like my prom. I turned 16 in 2020 with my mom in my house. <laughs> and I don't think we're gonna get a grad. Well, you're grade 11, but I'm grade 12. And yeah, and I don't think we're gonna get a grad. And you know, sure there's like friend get togethers and stuff that they've been oh, yeah. doing for the past two years, but it's not the same thing. And it's like, it's a, it's kind of a coming of age thing. It's not like you have to do it to become a part of society, but it's, it's a thing. It's an event. It's like just it's, part of the things you do in yes. high school and you're like, wow, I did that. And now I don't have that. And you guys probably won't either. Really and that's a whole generation of people. <laughs> yeah. I hope you do have a grad because yeah. I be Bella Fall because I'm amazing. I oh definitely. I just want a little pretty dress and to go with my I don't, want, I don't want COVID to throw a big old wrench in it. And if COVID were the person, I would not. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I think so many people should be lining up to deck COVID at least once. Knock their out. socks off. Oh yeah. And not in the way. They wouldn't be able to wear socks anymore. They wouldn't be wearing. <laughs> no they wouldn't even have feet. They wouldn't even have feet. They can't. They can't. No. Even yeah, they just have little stubs. Little stubs. I'm going to take their kneecaps. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about the mafia. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, how is your guys' school adjusting in the past, like, two years to all of these protocols? How's, like, social life changed, like, teaching school lives? Well, I mean, the masks are like one thing. So sometimes it's hard to like pick out what some people are saying. Yeah. You know, we, all, we all talk relatively fast. So it's just like, yada, 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 yada. And then you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And it all, like, it's just a lot of, sometimes it's just a bunch of miscommunication. Yeah. But I think our school is handling it well. I think our students as a society, as a school, I should say, our students, like the students are like, oh, well, you know, it's chill. Like after a while we've gotten like, okay, this is how we gotta live now. Like we've yeah. adapted really quickly. Uh, the teachers, I say that some of the teachers are finding it hard because you know, it's, you're not able to really, really interact with the kids. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta be so far away. You've gotta have the mask covering. Like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a change? Yeah, sure. About <laughs> that, I can't. I'm not a big word person, but um, I I do think that everybody's sort of still they're adjusted, but there's still a lot a long way to go between yeah out the normal now yeah, and it was definitely a big hassle when we were in grade ten because we we went through four whole schedule changes trying to fit everything in with COVID on the right very. Yeah. And no one could adjust to it properly because we went from being all in school from I want to say September to September to November, January I want to say, and then we went all online, and then in February we had this weird thing where we'd be in school for like a total of forty minutes, and it was very like it had like all seven periods, eighteen minute class, eighteen minute class. That's so weird. No. crazy and That's we so had painful. yeah and then we had being in every second we had being in every like second day yeah so weird it was very 
very comforting. It was. Uh, <clears throat> you know what I found really funny was what? Are you guys in grade twelve? We're uh, in grade 11. eleven. They're yeah. the same age as you. So, you know how COVID hit in like ninth grade? Yeah. Like, through and so it's funny for me because in town we were still going through stuff and I had work that was overdue and I had like this book that I had to do and so COVID hit and I'm like this is my opportunity to not do it so I didn't do it and then I just went to like two classes my only teachers taught which was science and another class I don't remember because the teacher just kind of sat there but overall it was just kind of like no one knew what they're doing we didn't know what we were doing and I, so they're like yeah you guys are gonna have to go to high school next year we're like this is so great also, I don't even, I don't even, we didn't even go to classes like we didn't have any classes i remember just we got invited to like the grade nine formal like yeah you guys graduated good job like, <laughs> it was so oh nice like, congratulations <laughs> go to high school school yeah. ended in march we had that off until june not even till, till until june like we had it from march to august just yeah. completely to ourselves august is the summer break yeah i it. know but like we had that's when the break ended lulu because then it was september when we went back to school <laughs> okay i may be a little bit silly but yes um and we got like that whole break off and we just got like an invite one day like oh yeah you guys graduated. Come. Yeah. We'll did, we, did we do a Kahoot? We did do a Kahoot. <laughs> did a Kahoot? We didn't even do a Kahoot. We did, we did a Kahoot at our virtual grade nine uh, data, yeah. data transfer. It was yeah. so funny. You know, I love that for you. That's yeah. a lot. I did one term of grade 10 before this hit. So I did. The last exam I took was grade 10 midterms. Dang. I oh, am about to graduate. Oh, my God. And I have to do, um, I'm challenge. I'm doing AP English and calculus, right? So I'm challenging the English uh, university exam. And depending on how calculus goes, I'll probably challenge the calculus exam. But I haven't done an exam since I was 15. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We haven't done an exam since we were like grade eight. Yeah. Since the yeah. Same. That's a mess. We're home to a few pilot projects. Yeah. We like, I, I remember we did two two final exams and then when we got to the ninth grade they were like yep bye and i was like what like yeah. my brother was just getting to like middle school and he didn't have to do an exam in his life and i was like that's crazy you so lucky boy you lucky yeah. boy <laughs> yeah it's like the younger siblings don't really have like the true like experience we did which is really sad to think of like this is how COVID's affected everyone yeah my little sibling <clears throat> they were in grade, okay, they did grade seven exams, but they didn't, that's the last exam they did. They're about to graduate junior high and go into high school next year. And they did like a grade seven exam and that's it. Like, cause those, like, those are barely counted ex as exams. That's just like your first introduction to what an exam is. And it's like, what if you do like an AP course or something? Like, how are you going to challenge the university exam if you've never had exam prep before? You hope and pray. <laughs> you hope and pray. <clears throat> Back to like with college and that. Yeah. How are you feeling about going to college if it's going to be like in person or online? Because like some people are debating not going if it's going to be online. Yeah. I know that I want to go to university. Okay. I have like literally all my, a lot of like university planned out and all that kind of stuff. Um, I do want to go into 
theater at Grenfell because I'm a very theatrical person. I know I don't dress like it because <laughs> I'm currently wearing one of my dad's shirts. Yeah. But um, I I love theater and I um, I want to do that. But I also want to do something in music and like performing arts, like with music yeah. and so I know that I'm gonna have to do some in person and some online, and I'm willing to try it. If I don't like it, then I'm probably gonna be like, okay. Well, now you're gonna have to choose one. Yeah. I guess what's really hard about any of the um, performing arts, like learning it, is that you cannot learn that online. No. No, you have to be in, like, especially like theater acting and stuff. You yeah. you have to be in person for that. Like, you're not gonna be able to like, get the experience. You know. No. And like, so I'm a dancer and the last time I performed on stage was 2019 and we're having our first like performance on stage since then in on the May 24th weekend. And it's going to be crazy because like the little kids in our dance studio have never done like a stage performance before and they haven't had that training and they're like six to nines now and they haven't had like the, the baby like training for that. And it's crazy, right? That's insane. Yeah. Oh so it's going to be, it's going to be wild to see. That's yeah. Like yeah. terrifying experience. It's going to be terrifying for me because I have so many quick changes not to get into this, but like, cause I have a graduation solo in like one of the dances, but I'm in like almost all of the dances. So I have to do a bunch of quick changes and it's not it. <laughs> it's like, Oh no, I gotta get ready. And then they're like, okay, so if you're on, I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's, it'll be interesting to see though how they do some courses online because I yeah. haven't seen how they are doing that because I'm not in university yet. <laughs> yet, <laughs> going in in the fall. Oh boy, scary. Okay. Well, that goes. My cousin, she's in her second year in university. Yeah, and she's still online, and it's been so weird for her because she hasn't gotten the like quote unquote true university experience yeah she's been online this entire time and it's weird now because she's just getting back in person mm -hmm. and she's like halfway through her degree and it's still like new to her in a way so it's, and that's like, what sucks about it it's yeah. not like it's not just that you have to accommodate how you're going to learn or how you're going to do your job it's about the experiences that come with like these communities that we've created over time and by going online and because of this pandemic and whatnot we've taken away those experiences that we all naturally get in our, in those communities. Yeah. And it's like, we have a lot, we have a big sense of self and identity rather than as like a whole, you know? And it feels even more isolated and socially isolated than you normally would feel because you don't even have any of those communities to go and see, to talk to, to have those, it's communal shared experiences and you don't have those anymore. It's like, uh, Finding your identity in yeah. a community, but you can't do that now. Except you can, but you also can't. So, so now we're like chronically online. Everyone our age is trying to find their identity, and it's a lot. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You know, yeah. and it's stressful for like a lot of people to try and find themselves online. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, oh well, I'm into this, but this place on the internet says, uh uh uh, mm -hmm. uh uh, and so like it's like. It's hard to like find like who you are as a person to you know on virtual you know platforms exactly. Yeah. Like, you need in-person experiences to fully flesh out your character, let's say. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Like if COVID has had been around since we were young, I wouldn't be the person I am today. 
Well, no. definitely, that would be completely different. And that's what's even scarier for like the young children that are growing up in this because their um, developmental years are stripped from them. Yeah. And that's like crazy because the only reason why kindergarten and preschool exist is to get those social skills when you're five. And they literally did like, there's a whole like age group of children that did kindergarten online. And their social, like their attention span, their social skills, their ways of like interacting with people and sharing and their sense of community. They don't have that anymore. No. The only thing they know is like whoever they live with. And that is really detrimental to their mental health. It really is. Yeah. Also, if you have younger siblings, you look at them and you're like, you didn't get what you needed. Yeah. And it's sad to see because it's like they could have gone this way or that way, but now they're turning into this person. Yes. You don't know how it's going to go because you've never seen this before. Because, for example, I know we all have been like, well, give me a minute to word it. <laughs> we all developed our identity in a community in some sense, mm -hmm. but everyone younger is slowly losing that, which is really sad. And then there's the kids who got that, but then they lost it before they could fully get it. Yes. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, we can bad, really? Uh, no, I completely agree with you guys there. I have a younger sibling myself, but he's not, he's not very young. Like, he's not, like, just getting into, like, grade six or something like he's like a teenager now like he's a big boy <laughs> um big boy pants <laughs> <Not really. laughs> but um he he's grown a lot and i think like he sees the world in a much different light than me because he went through all of middle school through covid right so i got that little bit of experience of like oh yeah this is how a teenager kind of feels like in the real world and yeah then, <laughs> yeah then this happened and now i'm like <laughs> yeah. definitely yeah as i find it really hard to relate to um media that is created for our age group because they're still creating it as though those ex social experiments i mean experience exper social experience social experiences are still a thing that we go through because the people are creating them are like 30 and it's yeah. really hard to relate to them anymore because you're like nope <laughs> wow i'm so excited for the prom and then you're watching, you're like, wow, that must be so nice. It's like, what? I am jealous. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly that. Like, there's oh, no media. There's our bell. Oh. <laughs> there's no media that we can relate to anymore. Yes, there isn't. Like, and there won't be until nowadays. They're just not real. Like, no real experiences anymore. Which is really sad to see because then the older um, generation is like, but when I was this age, it's like, but you didn't grow up in a pandemic that's now turning into an epidemic. Yes. And I see so many people try to relate it to like polio or something. And I'm like, it is not the same as when polio was an outbreak in the 50s. Um, you like an entire world did not shut down because of polio. There was not this much. There's never been this much globalization and global transmission before ever and that is why we cannot contain the virus and that is why it is different from anything we've ever experienced before and no one seems to get that which is lovely. so great yeah yeah thank you for having us <laughs> well, thank, thank you for being here thank you thank you i enjoyed this very much i did it was very oh, it was wicked <laughs> wicked yes <laughs> anyway have have a good day thank you thank you bye bye Hope we can join again later. Of course. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
And that was our segment with Clarenville. I I think it's so cool that we got to do like a little collaboration. I, I think liked that's it so neat. a lot. Um, there was a lot of funny moments in it. It's really long for no reason, but we just kept talking. Um, well, that's good though. Yeah, it was good. We had some bonding time. Especially when it's people from a different school, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's a lot of different like perspectives that you can get in a school, especially when it's not even yours. Different cities, man. True and real. Next up, we have Sophie. Oh my god. Uh, talking about some serious issues. Talking about the um, stuff going on in Ukraine. So, get a little deep for a bit there, but important nonetheless. So, take it away. Hey, what's up, Vikings? It's Sophie here again with another Crash Course. And today's segment is on a very hot and coming topic, the Ukrainian and Russian conflict. Now, this is something that I imagine many of you have anxieties over or simply don't understand what's going on. And I I get that, and I will help help you understand. So, first things first, I... I'm not a historian. I do not claim to be a historian. I have done my own research along with speaking with um, two professors at Mann in political science. So if you have been listening for a year now, you would recognize the name Dr. Isabel Cote, who I interviewed a year ago on the Uyghur Muslim concentration camps in China. And um, I spoke to her along with her associate, both professors. So, do you have some information? So let's get into it. As an overview of what's happening currently, we have two nations, two countries. We have Russia and we have Ukraine. Russia feels that Ukraine is part of Russia that the people are Russian and that they are should be a part of their nation. That, not it. They are two different and separate nations. There are a multitude of different ethnic um, groups and different social groups. And though Ukraine and Russia do share some similar ethnicities, there are many that are different, and they have been different nations and different groups for many a century. So that is why this invasion is happening, along with Putin wanting power and more land. Um, It is very out of character, this invasion for Putin as a leader, because he is an opportunistic man. And this um, situation was not an opportunity. He kind of like made it, right? So that's why it's failing at the moment because he overestimated his power and himself. And if he had waited um, even like a year or two for things to kind of light up on fire a bit more and get more unstable, he would have been able to take Ukraine a lot faster than what he's going on right now. And really this type of 
overconfidence is what is going to be ultimately his downfall. And so a bit about Putin. He, he is a fascist dictator. Let's be honest here. Um, he's charismatic. One of the prime examples of a fascist dictator in the 20th century, Adolf Hitler. We all know him very well. And you need that type of personality or persona to hold a nation hostage, basically, um, because almost all of the Russians, of the Russian people, do not agree with him. Right, there is a group of ultra-nationalists in Russia, and yes, they share all of Putin's beliefs. They share even more radical and extremist beliefs than him. But the predominant society, not on board with him, right? So they're being conscripted uh, to fight a war that they don't believe in. And if they try to, like, not, like, if they try to get away from the draft... Um, that they'll be put in prison or killed. So, you know, it's a dictatorship. And he's got a, ma- a big, big control over his citizens, right? Because they can't do anything about this. This is not something that's going to be stopped internally. Um, not even something with, like, a government takeover. Because the way that it's built up, it is... The stability, like, it's in, it's unstable as in it's a fascist dictatorship, but it's stable as in it's a solid structure that is really hard to break internally. So we've seen a lot of um, prejudice within the past few weeks towards anyone who's Russian. And I would just like to say that if they are not a war general of Russia who are sending their civilians out into Ukraine to um, invade, then they are not the people you should be mad at and they are not the people at fault for this. So just leave that part alone. We always want someone to blame. You can't blame the citizens of a country for their fascist dictator's actions. That's stupid, right? So, let's let's get into this. Right now, there is a there is a chance, a, a slight chance as it may be, but still a dangerous chance that nuclear war will implode, and that is very dangerous for us, as many of you will know. Russia has a lot of nuclear weapons. They've been storing some in Belarus, and that's why Belarus is involved within this conflict as well. Um, and not, it's not good for us. It, it's nuclear war. It's not good for us. Very, very slight chance that's going to happen. It's still, it's still a chance, right? And so, um, start a march possibly right after, like, the last few days of February. Um, the Russian government actually threatened nuclear war. That hopefully is an empty threat, but nevertheless, we should still take it um, seriously until proven otherwise. Um, Another thing about this conflict is that Ukraine and Russia are both part of the UN. So not only has Russia 
committed many a war crime in the past few weeks. They have also uh, broken agreements with the UN because they attacked another uh, party, another member of the UN. So that's not going to go good for them. Basically, if Russia was a person, their social life is done for, you know? And though they are in the middle of a physical war, they are also in the middle of an economical war because, da-da-da-da, a Western Europe and North America have declared an economic war upon Russia. So if you're reading the newspapers, looking on TikTok, you'll see that um, the U.S. and Canada and Germany and whatnot have all declared sanctions upon um, Russian goods and imports. So one of the biggest things that that's impactful for us is oil. If you drive, or your parents probably drive, you probably hearing everyone complain about the price of gas skyrocketing in the past few weeks. And that is because of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict. Because we are not getting any oil from Russia anymore. So we have to rely on Alberta and oil sands in America. And though we do have our own stuff, we still did rely on, you know, we're a globalized society, so we did rely on Russia for that. But mainly who's going to be impacted most by this is Europe, because the biggest um, provider of their oil, their their gas, was Russia. And they all just put sanctions on that. So that's not good for them. Germany's in the middle of a crisis because of this, actually. Um, not great. Yeah, and so supply chains have also been really messed up because of this, as you would expect, because all importations and whatnot being messed up. Now, to get into the more not-so-pleasant topics, let's talk about war. So, the, the people of Ukraine are being murdered. They're being invaded, as we've said multiple times in this past 10 minutes. There are bombs being dropped on children's hospitals and schools. There was, a few weeks ago, Russia bombed a child cancer hospital. Um, intentionally, these are all very intentional targets. And that... One of the many war crimes that they've committed, that is a war crime. Um, yeah, the citizens are being dragged into this. Most of the time, when we think about wars, we think of World War One, World War Two. Wars were th- fought with armies. Wars have always been fought between two countries, not two countries, but like multiple countries and armies. And though many of those armies were conscripted men, it was not the full population of a nation being dragged into the horrors of war. But as we have arrived into the 21st century and globalization is at its highest peak and technology has advanced tremendously in the past just 20 years even, it's, it, it affects everyone, right? It affects all the children, It affects all the people dying in the hospitals. It affects the old people. It affects the young people. 
everyone is in danger. Everyone, people of bad health, people like men of, what is it, like 16 to 60 are being conscripted in Ukraine because they they need to protect their country, they need to protect their nation, but they don't have an army big enough for this. And so can you imagine being like 60 year old, 60 years old and going off and like fighting some Russians? That's not good. And it's, wars have always had a very cultural impact on us and they've always been, people have always suffered through war. It's only ever been good for economy. We know this. But now it's, it's like they're attacking everyone. No one is safe in your, in your country. And they attacked, like, can you imagine? They bombed elementary schools intentionally and killed children. That is disgusting. That is disgusting, right? Like, who would even... That's absolutely terrible. And if you've, like, seen on um, Instagram, Twitter, news feeds, you will see um, people hiding out in bomb shelters with their pets and their, their babies. And it's, it's absolutely terrifying, I guess, now, especially because you go online and there's a live feed of this being documented. It's, you know, like, during World War II, most of the world did not know what was happening. They knew, when war was declared, they knew that there was a war going on. They knew what they were fighting for, but they didn't know the atrocities of what was happening. Only the people that experienced it or were the perpetrators knew, right? But now, we know. We get it in live time. We get it on, like... Instagram and TikTok and YouTube even. And it's really hard, I guess. It's, it's hard on us as a society. Not that it's not about us. Let's be honest. We're not the ones being invaded by Russians at the moment. But it is hard as a person watching all of this happen and knowing that there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And this leads me into my next point of uh, you can't do much about it. And that's something that you have to, you have to accept, sadly. But the best that you can do in this situation is keep yourself informed. Inform everyone that you see, everyone that you know. If you can, pressure your local MPs onto taking actions. Um... Donate to refugee funds. Foster a refugee family if that's something that you're able to do. Volunteer at shelters. Right? That's all you can do. And I know it's so hard because you want to you wanna make yourself a resource and be available. But you can't. You know, you're just a kid, man. You can't do that. So please stay informed. That's the best you can do. Dictatorships thrive off of people not being informed. Okay? And that was our crash course. I hope this added some education 
possibly alleviated some anxiety. I don't know. Goodbye. Hello, everybody. This is Josh. I hope everybody's doing well. And today I'm going to do my segment on AI-generated artwork or just pieces in general, just content. Uh, so, so what I mean when I say AI-generated content? An AI will uh, look at an image, right? Or look at anything, whether it be an image, of, like a song, someone's voice, uh, text, you know, stories, whatnot, articles. And then if you add a prompt or anything, if like you're doing like a text, for example, it will uh, spit out like their own rendition of that piece. So if you uh, say, I don't know, record, if you give them, let's say like 50, uh, like over 500 images of, of different people, like a whole variety of different people, what the AI will do will try to uh, replicate or generate its own rendition of a human. So that will be a good example for uh, web one website. So I'm going to give you a few websites or examples of what I'm talking about for these AI-generated content. And uh, we're going to go list them through. So the first one I already have put up, and it's called thispersondoesnotexist.com. And between each basis, like this person does not exist, is a dash. So this dash person dash does dash not dash exist.com. So uh, it'll generate random human face in one click and download it. AI generated fake person photos, man, woman, or child. So it has a description of what it does. Some of, some of them, so it's been going on since about like 2018. And uh, it will generate random humans that do not exist and some of them are very scarily like real you can refer to an image and different type of like like ethnicities age gender whatnot it will generate a different one i just got like it's got some old guy uh who has like grayish eyes has gray hair a little bit balding he's like in his 50s and in the background of this guy's face, we have uh, some trees. Or uh, well, it looks like trees and grass and wildlife in the background. Uh, stuff, like background stuff is always going to be different. It's always very, and it's not going to look, you know, like real. Because it's not. It's not going to look like it's an actual background. It's just going to look like whatever. It's trying to attribute like some sort of background. So I'm going to try one more time. I for it to generate. It, it's going to take a while. Alright, so... Yeah, so I just got... It looks like someone in their 30s, 40s. With a... Uh, we have blonde hair. Blue eyes, nose, mouth, teeth. Uh, so... Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. You probably would like to check that out if you want to. And uh, I think it's very interesting. Very scary. But sometimes you'll have some sort of error... Where it will uh, have some sort of uh, malfunction, where it'll have like some sort of blob, like like some like some sort of blob on their face and stuff like that. Keep in mind these AIs aren't perfect. I wish I I hope that stays that way because I do not want these to be scarily accurate. Like the back, like the the 
pictures of these images themselves are like almost perfect. Like they interpret earrings, uh, glasses very well. Like sometimes glasses will like seep into their body. I don't know how to, ex to explain it. Like it's part of it. And sometimes earrings are like exactly, you know, circle or circular. I'm going to go to my next example. It's called Art Breeder. Yeah, Art Breeder is that you'll take an origin of an image, it'll generate its own image. And then you can screw around with it. You can change different aspects of that image. So first we have like pets, animals and whatnot. We have uh, humans, landscapes, castles, houses and architecture, paintings, cities, like cyberpunk cities. Uh, I guess you could say D&D characters, something like that. Uh, album covers, fairies and uh, anime characters. So pretty much you get all of those and it you can always edit or uh, you know change aspects of these type of uh, images. What you can call them are genes. It will uh, change uh, it will change the image to something different. And like you can change diff like I said change different aspects of these characters. Sometimes they look abs like absolute horrors and others are like yeah, a lot of it is very scary, but also very funny at the same time. I watched a video of somebody um, screwing around with it, and uh, I, I I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, Art Breeder. Another one I'm going to show you is called uberduck.ai, and uh, it's a website in which you, which you can choose a, diff a selection of different characters from different series, and you can enter text. And it will synthesize uh, voices. And uh, I'm going to give you an example. This one is from uh, SpongeBob. And uh, yeah, here it is. Hello, podcast listeners. It's me, SpongeBob. I hope you enjoyed this episode so far. Please rate this podcast five stars, please. Pretty cool, huh? Uh... Yeah, it's as you can tell, it does not sound the best. It sounds uh, very raspy. Like sometimes SpongeBob sounds like a chain smoker. <laughs> like it, it, it has like this sort of rasp, and you can tell that it's a uh, connotation when it came to uh, what's it like doing sentences. Like the timing feels weird, and you can definitely tell that it's not real. But it's very cool, very funny, and also very scary at the same time. But at least that I hope that this does not progress to be better because I don't want stuff to be indistinguishable from this. But I think it's really fun to screw around with for now while this stuff is still relatively new and not perfect. The next one I'm going to be talking about is Novel AI. And Novel AI is essentially a... It's essentially a text prompt where you can make stories or like do some sort of adventure where you go on an adventure and you like some sort of D&D stuff right but you don't like make a character with like cat spells and stuff whatever anyways uh you can enter you can enter a uh prompt to like do say or you can do do say or story like do is like you will do something like your character will do something Say is that you say something, and then the story is like the story will progress, and the story will have have this happen. So, here's the here's the story that starts out the splendor before your before your eyes left you breathless. The vaulted ceiling painted with scenes from an ancient tale, tapestries, 
tapes tapestries that stretch across three walls, depicting tales of long heroes dead. However, as fate would have it, you are thoroughly distracted by a flurry of magic explosions, obliterating your vision every time a magic spell hits its target, the dragon. After all, you were a mere human in the company of two magical beings, your companion, Galena, a witch, and a fearsome crystal dragon. Your presence was not only an honor, but also a grave danger. You know what to do, right? Galena shouted as you, at you as you threw another fireball to grain his head. You've been assisted with, you've been tasked with assisting Galena on this quest to save the world from an e from the evil of a dragon. But how could you possibly help? The dragon is seeming seemingly limitless, has seemingly seemingly limitless practical power. Its scales are covered in crystals that enable its m massive size, while its wings make it nearly impossible to touch. Even if you were able to get close to attack, he might be overwhelmed by the sheer number of spells being attacked at you by the dragon. So what would you like to do? Uh, so th now this is why I enter a prompt, right? So I'm going to start off by entering the prompt as, uh, ready my sword for attack. So now it says, you ready your sword for attack. I'm not sure, I, I'm sure I don't need to tell you this, but we're going to need some help. But you were unable to fully comprehend what Galena was trying to tell you because you were so enthralled by the sight of her glowing red eyes and the power of her spells. I think I'm like, what? What am I like? Mesmerized by her or something? Whatever. Uh, swing at the dragon. I'm not gonna do this for too long. Don't worry. You swung your sword at the dragon, who attempts to swat it away with his powerful claws. Of his his powerful claws. Sorry. The light is fierce, but the dragon. Ultimately, proves victorious, knocking you off and sending you flying through the air. Ow. <laughs> you simply say, ow! <laughs> you merely comment the situation without offering further aid. You're unable to help your witch competing against the dragon. Galena is heavily injured against the dragons against. She falls unconscious. So yeah, that's pretty much the example that I'm going to give you. Uh, yeah, it's, again, it's NovelAI.net. It's very cool. You can mess around with it if you like. It's a lot of fun. So this, this one right here is actually a Twitter account by the name of AI Curio. So what this person does is that they will, uh, they will post, uh, different, uh, type of genres that are AI-generated stuff. Like, for example, today, which is the 11th of, uh, March, which they are doing AI-generated hallways, which is very cool to see how AIs uh, interpret hallways. Like some of them have like very creature, uh, very uh, creepy creatures, and uh, some of them don't. Like there is one where it's just like this drawing of a, yeah, it's like a hallway. It, it is pretty much a hallway, but there's a creature in the middle of it. It's AI Curio, AI underscore C. C-U-R-I-O, and you can find different type of uh, AI-generated stuff that will be uh, posted on their account. This next one is, is, a, uh, is a YouTube account named uh, Broccolio or something like that. Broccolo, okay. So, Broccolo, or B-R-O-C-C-A-L-O-O, uh, uploads videos that are that are generated by something that that are like songs 
or like audio that are uh, generated by uh, OpenAI Jukebox. I, I think it's very cool how it, like what what happens is that the um, like the song will start right, and then the AI will complete the song afterwards. I suggest you listen to uh, how the AI tries to render or tries to complete All Star. Like it has different uh, different starting points, and then it'll like complete it. Like sometimes it'll like change to like rock or like like very garagey rock, and then sometimes like in the All Star one, they had like some sort of like they had like Snoop Dogg or something on it. It was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I I think that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this segment. I I really enjoy looking at AI generated content, and it's been interesting for me for like more than a year now. So I hope you look into this stuff too, because it's very fun to look at. It's very funny to, to like laugh. Ah, look, this robot did that. And uh, I I hope I hope you just uh look into it more. I hope you enjoyed this segment, uh, and I'll see you later. Bye bye. Thank you, Josh. That was really cool. I love to hear that. I love getting more informed about AI. I think that's kind of important as well because it's like it's a growing thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Love the bit of educational part at the end here. Waiting for robots to take over my job. Yep. They will. I'm telling you, man. But uh, so that's all we got for today. today. Oh my god. Or in sync, in sync, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Love that band. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that that's all our segments for this week, this week, this month, whenever. Whenever. Stay tuned. Look at the Twitter. Look at the Instagram. Yes, plugins. Go check out Clarenville's. Go uh, check out the Cougar Cast. Yes, they're great. They're lovely. They're people. And we're also on there. So if you like us, you'll definitely enjoy them. Exactly, because. Familiar voices. Get it in. Perfect. All right. So we'll see you next time. Or we won't. You'll hear us, though. Ha <laughs> ha, funny. <laughs>